0: This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Fired out of the cannon! Jr. goes to the lead at Daytona! Dale Earnhardt Jr. will lay claim to his first NASCAR Winston Cup victory. Dale Earnhardt Jr. has won the Daytona 500... Hey everybody, this is Dale Hart Jr. Uh, with me, as always, is Tyler Overstreet. What's up? And it's time for the Dale Jr. Download. Thanks for tuning in. We got a lot of, a lot of great stuff to talk about. Obviously, the Daytona 500. We got Atlanta coming up. Uh, we've had a pretty busy week, and a lot of things on the dock for, uh, for the coming days. We'll talk about that. So appreciate you tuning in. Let's get to it. So, let's talk about the Daytona 500. Obviously, uh, we finished 37th. Boo! Boo! But you're 27th in points. How is that possible? Because of the ones that you earned in the duel. Yes. I was very confused. It's going to be hard to follow the points this year. It is. Seems like it's going to be a little more challenging uh, with those points that are given away after each stage. Just kind of going to jumble things around. Anyways, uh, we had an accident on lap 105 while leading the race. Yeah. Just up there chilling. Yeah, so I'd caught the Gibbs guys. They had pitted early. We were about to pit, I think in about two laps. Yeah, it was within 5. Right. Which so that's yeah, that's kind of frustrating. Um anyways, uh I couldn't pass the Gibbs guys cuz I didn't have we were running the top and and I couldn't form really any runs that way. Uh which is why you run the top. Uh, people will talk about that here in a bit why that top works the way it does. Uh but I had uh, other guys behind me that were a lap down. So it was I like a
1: seven-car pack, and you were maybe fourth in the line, yeah. but you were leading the race.
0: But I had cars behind me that were a lap down, and if I pulled out to pass, they were probably going to stick with the Gibbs guys, which would you know put them on, on the lead lap. So uh, trying to pass the Gibbs or get them a lap down was not an option. Anyways, uh, Kyle goes down into turn three with a right rear flat. Uh, impossible to save that, and... Um, Unfortunately, I couldn't, I, you know, when you lift off the throttle, this stupid splitter these cars have lays on the racetrack and it goes straight like a snow plow.
1: Yeah, that's what I was wondering because I saw
0: a lady, TJ was being
1: a little bit of a smart ass uh, to her. Yeah. Um, like they thought you can just, just take a,
0: a hard left yeah. and that's not possible. It isn't because, uh, you know, that stupid splitter, uh, when you lift, it lays on the track like a snow plow. And so I turned the wheel left a lot, but I just kind of kept going straight. For for the record, the splitter is stupid. It is a dumb, dumb thing. Anyways, uh, the car was very good. Obviously, uh, we led a few laps here and there in the race. We had a lot of speed. I was real happy with the handling of the car, which we had struggled with in previous years. We were very concerned with how the car was going to drive after watching Jimmy have problems in the clash, knowing all the problems that we had had earlier in uh, the 2016 season. I don't know if you
1: were just kind of being very, very patient, but it appeared that you weren't like going out of your way to make dramatic moves up through the pack, but the car was so
0: strong to where you were able to hang right there, top five, top six. Yeah, I definitely wasn't as uh, aggressive, I guess, in uh, that particular race as I had been in the past. I didn't see a need to, it was, you know, we were only halfway through the event at the point when we crashed. Uh, The car was plenty strong. I didn't see a point in taking too too many risks early. And it seemed to be working out. I mean, we we were hanging around in the top 10 most of the day. Anytime we got shuffled back, the car kind of was able to respond without a lot of effort to get back toward the front. So uh, proud of the car. I know the guys are he- upset that it got torn up, but we'll we'll get that thing fixed up and get it ready for Talladega. Um, got a lot of talk about uh, – we got a lot of questions, actually, and, and conversation about doing an eye test inside the car. So, after the accident, sitting on front straightaway, got a red flag. Um, I decided to do a little self-diagnosing of my head. And, uh, you know, obviously going through – so. Please understand, like going through everything we went through last year, uh, pretty self-aware and I ha- under- understand a few things that I can do. Obviously, I've take, you know, I'm doing a lot of training and doing a lot of uh, rehab on my own uh, throughout the last six months to get this uh, concussion cleared up. So I understand a lot of things that I can do to, to sort of understand where I'm at and how healthy I am and whether I have any issues. One of those is a very simple eye test. And basically, you take the point of your finger, the end of your finger, or a dot or anything on a piece of paper, and bring it slowly close, uh, be- kind of in between your eyes to your nose. That dot or whatever this, whatever the target is that you're looking at, needs to, need, You need to be able to kind of hold that dot in as one, right? So what I mean is, as you get closer to your, to your uh, nose, eventually your eyes are gonna go, go bonkers and it's gonna split and you're gonna see two dots and that needs to happen right off the tip of your nose like real close within an inch or so if you have a head injury or any kind of a concussion that will those that object will split much farther out six inches even a foot out so last year your situation it would split way out there yeah and that's when you know that that you got a little bit of an an event going on in your head however you want to describe it for people who weren't at the Darlington test like
1: you'd come in and that would be like a test that you would take with the doctor after every run to kind of gauge your progress and make sure you were good. So it's not, it's something that you're familiar,
0: very familiar with. Absolutely. It's just a real quick, simple self test or someone that someone, a uh, doctor can use that I've had. T- you know, you, that that's some like you say, when we were at Darlington testing for the, uh, uh for the clearance in, in December, Dr. Petty was there every time I got in the car. That's the first thing he did. Over and over and over. And when you go to Dr. Petty and you say, hey, Dr. Petty, I think I got a concussion, that's the first thing he's going to do. And so um, we're sitting there on – I probably, you know, it, I obviously brought a lot of attention to myself unnecessarily. I regret that. But I'm sitting there on the red flag, and it's eating me alive, you know. Yeah. And, and a lot of the symptoms that you that I've had in concussions in the past, I don't feel when I'm inside the car sitting down. I mean, your heart's – thumping racing you can you know it i don't i didn't feel the symptoms in the past when i was in the car so that's really the only thing that i could do to go okay this looks normal this feels normal so that was uh something that i couldn't be i should have waited till i got out of the car not drawing so much attention to myself but i couldn't wait we're sitting on that red flag and i wanted to know this is the first experience with the five
1: minute yes damage repair clock um because all three races were were the way they were with all the wrecks, a lot of people were up in arms about the this new rule yeah uh, what's your opinion now like that you've been gone through it because the guys worked on the car for like four minutes forty seconds, sent you back out there and you were you said the the wheel was out of line twenty five percent
0: yeah the prob the car probably would have hit the fence uh just because of the tow being so bad. I probably wouldn't have been able to run up to speed we needed a little more time to work on it another issue we had with the car was the frame was smashed into the fuel or the the um oil pump uh so that was rubbing on the pulley all those things could have been fixed probably in the garage we might might have needed 30 laps or so of the race to get the car back together we probably would have put a new nose and fender on it something similar to what you saw chase do last year in the daytona 500 but i'll i'll tell you this Uh, okay the crew chief, maybe the team, the the some drivers w- would would be like, yeah, I wish I could get back out there and get the points. Um, A lot of guys don't want to drive race cars. I'm one of them. I don't like wrecking my car and then getting back out there and being in the way and just kind of pedaling through the day.
1: Because then you're more of a hazard to the rest of the field and more so yourself. You're riding around in something that's already beat up and not as um That's sturdy. one
0: yeah, that's one issue. Probably not my top priority or my top reason. My top reasons because it just sucks. It's boring. Right.
1: And I mean, you're not racing for it. you're racing for a point or yep. two at max. That goes in the boring yeah.
0: bucket. Um. So that's I'm you know thoughts on a five minute clock. I'm good with it. I didn't want to I didn't want to drive that car anymore. If I am not out there with a, with a good car competing trying to win, I really got no interest uh and just cruising around trying to collect points
1: and another thing that people were complaining about they think that the stages caused the wrecks but i'm of the opinion that they didn't because these wrecks aren't happening at lap 59 and lap 119 before Mm -hmm. the stage ends these are happening in the middle of the stage the wreck you were in was because
0: of a flat right rear tire yeah so i mean that has nothing to do with the stage i'm i'm Yeah, I'm going to hold off judgment on that for a few more weeks. I don't think it's got much to do with it either. Plate racing's just, you know, uh, you know, if you have, you know, looked like it looked like the truck and Xfinity race was just, just you know, innocent, common mistakes that we see time and time again. Uh, You know, we've had massive, big pileups at at the plate races for years. You know, ever Um, since they brought this plate into the into the sport. We tore up a hell of a lot of race cars. So, if anything, blame it on the plate, not stages. Yeah. Did,
1: it, did it seem to you like they threw a lot of red flags this weekend?
0: I thought they threw a lot of red flags. Like is that going to be the thing this year? Yeah, I, don't, I so hope the, not. So the, so, the debris caution is so yesterday and now the red flags? That's going to make these races a lot longer. So the red flags the new thing?
1: Because there were like 30-minute red flags. Yeah. like two of them in the first thirty laps of the Xfinity yeah. race. So this
0: maybe this is their way of giving people opportunity to get up, get a night, get a hot dog, get a break, bathroom break, you know the kind of the the you know just like when you have like so you go to the Panthers games right? Yeah. What do you do when the quarter ends?
1: Um, sometimes I'll go get a drink.
0: There you go. So maybe if the quarter doesn't end, are you getting that drink? Um, uh, sometimes. During, you're going during action? Yeah, sometimes. Oh, man. I thought yeah. you were a bigger fan than that. What do you – I, I would I never get up in the middle of a play. What if you got to get – That's kind of disrespectful, be honest with you. What if you got to go to the bathroom? Hold it. Hold it? I race a car for three and a half hours. I'm kind of good at holding it. Oh, well. So I don't. All right. Well, As a matter of fact, I was using <laughs> the bathroom I'm surprised you crashed the other day. I'm surprised that you don't get booed when you get up in the middle of action by the fans around you.
1: Whatever. Let's, let's go back to the top line being good because – they're there at the end of the race. Chase had him running around the top. Yep. Kurt Busch, his pass for the win was on the top. Yep. Why? Like, why is that? Is it just momentum or off the corner?
0: It is. Uh, uh it's momentum. So, I- if you watch, uh, <coughs> if you watch Daytona in 1976, not 1979, <coughs> anytime. Uh, I guess through the 80s and. They use the top all the time. That's where you ran. Um, Your car probably wandered up there more than anything. You chased the car, drove the car up there more than anything, but that was the fast way around. It builds so much momentum uh, where when you run the bottom, you turn the wheel more, you bog the motor down, the car gets tight when you're in traffic. If everybody's running the bottom and you're fifth, sixth, seventh in line, 20 laps into the run, you're plowing off the corner. Uh, that's why the top, and and you don't do that up high. Up high, the car turns better. You get the right rear kind of swinging around, and get the car kind of free. You're staying off the right front tire, and you get monster runs off the corner. Um, so that you know that's and when we all go up there, you don't. It takes away the accordion effect that we have on the bottom. We on the bottom, the field kind of accordion's back back and forth, and you get multiple people with many opportunities and many runs on on each other. When you when you get to the top, the accordion effect goes away and then everybody sort of gets this comfortable gap that's sustained throughout the entire lap. You never really and, and this is great for the leader. The leader is what's, the leader is the one that kind of really wants this because it, it dissipates kind of that accordion effect and it 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 takes away, second, third, fourth, fifth ability to really create a run that's strong enough to use. Now, you'll get some runs, but they're very – they're just not runs that you're going to go, yeah, this is one I'm going to take or I have to do something with this. They're not strong enough, and so you're not not—you're not pulling out a line. Because really, whoever pulls <coughs> out a line and goes looking like y- an idiot because – Yeah, I mean, it, it, you go to the back and you get trained, but this has been the way – this is not new – People, th- people are like, oh, God, this you know this is just a new phenomenon that's been going on for you the know, last few years. No. They ran the top there at Daytona in the 70s. They ran it in the 80s. They ran it
1: all over the track back then, too.
0: Yeah. Because they were
1: bouncing around, and it was awesome. Yeah. Do you Absolutely. think that's going to become even more paramount as, as the track keeps wearing?
0: Agree. Yeah, as the track starts to lose more and more grip, which it is getting really racy now this past uh this this daytona 500 was rem- so reminiscent of the old super the old surface where the cars were sliding around a lot more and that puts the race more into the driver's hands which i really love before everybody was you know over the last couple of years the track with the repave has been everybody's been stuck like glue it's not been a ton of fun really because the cars don't present much of a challenge as far as the balance goes But this past past race, uh, we're starting to see, you know, the old track come back. And it's starting to have – getting a few bumps here and there. They're going to start to get a little bigger and a little bigger each year. That place is going to continue to get more and more fun for the drivers and I think put on a a more spectacular race. uh, You'll see more passing. But um, let's talk about – we briefly talked about the wreck. Like
1: Friday, Saturday, Sunday were – just complete wreck fests overall was that to be attributed to people being aggressive just rookie mistakes just dumb mistakes because in the cup race the first 100 laps were fine then we had your wreck and then after we left Jimmy and Harvick and Kozlowski were all in that big wreck then there were like two other big wrecks in the cup race the Xfinity race you had that you had two wrecks in the first stage, including the one with Justin and Brandon Jones.
0: It's a good thing that they put up those safer barriers because those guys hit a ton. Yeah, the 33 Brandon Jones as the hardest wreck, uh, hardest um, hit I've seen in a really long time. Glad he's okay. Uh, he was the one that I was probably most concerned about. The um, yeah, the truck race, Xfinity race, a lot of big crashes, a lot of tore up race cars. Me and Kyle Bush were joking about all the money we were spending each time these cars squatted it up. Uh, the Cup race was a little more calm the first half, like you said, but then we eventually started seeing that intensity pick up and more accidents start to happen. But it looked like to me all these crashes were just little, you know, driver error and, and misjudgment, uh, a lot of a lot of inexperience in the Xfinity and truck races. The pack, the the new package with the uh, Xfinity cars, which I thought raced really well. There was great drafting and great passing.
1: Yeah, it, the leaders seemed very um, vulnerable. Vulnerable, yeah. Which is
0: great. So, the uh, the Xfinity race, I think a lot of those guys wasn't, you know, didn't have a lot of experience with that particular package, and it showed up with some guys, you know, losing losing control of their car, like uh, with the Brandon Jones crash. They went down in the corner and hit that Speedy Dry and pushed up. You know, push up the track to start that, but it's uh, just a wild wild week with wrecking. But wasn't it in 2016 they wrecked like 90-some cars throughout speed weeks? Yeah. It oh. was either
1: last year or the year before, yeah. but this one was oh, yeah. over 100.
0: Oh, was it? Yeah.
1: I, wow. I read a stat. <clears throat> I don't know if that was official, but somebody tweeted it yesterday. Unbelievable.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. Um, as an owner and a driver, you don't like to see that many cars crash. I hope that that's not. That doesn't become the norm. Yeah, I hope that doesn't become the norm. Uh, I hope that there, uh, you know, there's a. I hope there's uh You know, folks out there that that don't come to expect that type of racing every week, especially at the plate tracks. We just can't keep. We can't stay in business tearing up. Right. You know that many races. And race you're cars not going to
1: keep people safe. Reckon, especially as hard as they were in the Xfinity race. That yeah, was pretty that ridiculous. Was so hard. Couldn't believe that. yet so that was the Daytona races. We had a busy week leading up to that. I mean, we went to New York, we did Daytona media day. We did the Goodyear blimp deal. Um, did the Hellman's appearance. We did a bunch of appearances Saturday and Sunday. What was the highlight of, or what are you, what's your takeaway from that? Cause for me, the New York deal was really cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, <laughs> it was a pretty busy week. We, uh, NASCAR always runs us all over the place, trying to promote the start of the season. A lot of drivers will do something in January to promote the fact that the season's coming, and then they'll they'll have a a bunch of drivers they'll send out to promote the Daytona 500, which that's what we got we got roped in for New York. They'll also have a gr- bunch of drivers they'll send out to promote NASCAR Goes West, which is our Phoenix, California, Vegas race. Yeah, we don't want to do that. But. So we don't. Yeah, we're gonna try to miss that. We got uh, asked to go to New York on Tuesday. A lot of folks uh, saw us on Dan Patrick's show. Amy got quizzed. She passed. And she passed the quiz. Uh, that was a lot of fun to have Amy involved. And Dan's great at, uh, you know, Dan's such a amazing host and interviewer. Yeah, he's very A lot cool. of fun. Re- really laid back. We did the Today Show with the Soapbox Racing, which was fun as well. We uh, Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen. That was awesome because... And we had Gail Summers on there, which she was she was so polite. Yes, nice. she was very nice. Uh, watch what happens live. Why is that uh, something we were excited about? Well, I was uh, um, being married to Amy. Bravo is on the TV at all times. She watched yesterday. She watched Vanderp- the same Vanderpump Rules episode twice. Oh, really? Yes. We watched it but I don't remember the same episode twice. reruns. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, that's just that's just to let you know exactly how much Bravo is on in my house. So I become a great fan of some of the shows on Bravo. Uh, Atlanta Housewives is awesome. Um and we obviously catch watch what happens watch what happens live at the end of the day. Andy's such a you know great host on there a lot of fun to catch up on yes you see some of these people in the, that are in the shows on watch what happens live and you get to know whether they're that's really their personality cuz they yeah. they're, they're going to be themselves on his show anyways uh, he, i don't know he was himself regardless of being on stage
1: on camera or in the back i mean yeah. he was he's
0: so yeah he's a cool cool guy it was a, it was great to meet him i really enjoyed how much Amy was geeking out over being there. She loved it. She actually got to sit in the audience during the taping, and uh, that made me much less nervous. I get super nervous going on shows like that. Um, so when Amy's around, it's not so bad. We got a bobblehead. Yeah, what'd you do with your the big, bobblehead? You're a big bobblehead guy. Yeah. We. I have the bobblehead, and I put it over at Amy's desk in her office at home, Um. I tried to get a second one for you buddy but I know anybody, it's but okay.
1: Anyways, Andy Cohen could have been right beside Cam Newton. Yeah. In my office. But well,
0: not not meant to be. They do sell them I think online. Anyways, great. That was a lot of fun. I hope to have the opportunity to do that again one day. Uh certainly um you know, we got a lot done in New York. Wednesday, we did a Goodyear Blimp ride, which I'd never been in a Goodyear Blimp. I was pretty excited about this. We surprised Paul Cyberson. He served in the Vietnam War and the Gulf War. Uh, He works with NC Serves, which is a foundation for veterans here in North Carolina. Paul is a big time NASCAR fan, long time Dylan Hart Jr. fan. So I dressed up as a pilot. There's this, uh, we got a video on uh, Twitter and and Instagram, I believe. And Facebook. And Facebook as well. Uh, showing our experience with Paul. We surprised him. I dressed up as a pilot and, and uh, was up there in the front seat as if I was flying the blimp. He comes in to take his blimp ride. He has no idea that we're there. And we turn around and say, hey, Paul, and, and he, he flips out. So we had a great time. We ended up giving him a $10,000 donation through Goodyear to his NC Serves Foundation. So that was a lot of fun. Friday, he, was, he was very nice. He he showed up at the Hellman's deal to see you the next day or yeah. two days later and then stopped by the car on Saturday. He so. did. Friday, Hellman's appearance, we launched a new Strange Witch combo. Remember last year, we had the banana, banana mayonnaise. mayonnaise sandwich. This year, the new sandwich is called the Turkey Nacho Crunch. So basically, it's turkey, mayo, and Doritos. So good. Yeah, you can't mess up much with uh, Doritos like that. Yeah, I love Doritos. And I, you know, this is a great way to eat Doritos on your sandwich. Yeah. It saves you time. <clears throat> Absolutely. So that's this year's Strange Witch. This one of my personal favorites. Uh, Saturday, NASCAR put together this awesome video using Zach Brown's My Old Man. I don't know why they made that, what yeah. the occasion was, but they just made this video. So
1: they approached us the week before
0: because... Um, so you're going to fill me in?
1: Yeah. They, they had done this for Tom Brady and Matt Ryan leading into the Super Bowl because oh. that's really when the song debuted. So it hasn't been out very long. Yeah. And they were looking for cool avenues to put together stories so you and your dad was a great opportunity and would connect with people so they emailed us and said hey is this something y'all want to do we said sure that'd be cool i had no idea that it would get the reaction that it did yeah but as of yesterday it was up to like 19 million facebook views wow and who knows how many on twitter Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just a great song nascar did an awesome job piecing together the footage and hopefully as I sent it to a couple of people before they launched it and they were like, Oh man, this will get them crying. This will be a tearjerker. And I was like, yeah, it's a, it's a great video and all the footage meshed together so perfectly. So good job to NASCAR.
0: Um, great song by Zach Brown. Very good. Yes. So thank you NASCAR. I appreciate the uh, tip of the cap to the old man and, uh, yeah, pretty cool. So, anyways, that was our week. Uh, doing all those social media and, and uh, doing all the uh, appearances was a lot of fun. A lot of build-up to the Daytona 500. Speed Weeks is so much fun. And now we go to Atlanta. Oh, yes. First mile-and-a-half
1: track with the newer, smaller spoiler and other aero adjustments for this
0: year. Yes, this yes, yes. It's going to be a lot of fun. Atlanta's a very old racetrack the surface the surface is old old, they're going to repave it after this race so this is the last race on the old surface we're going to like you say run this new low down force aero package this place is going to be slick you talk about guys trying to hang on to their cars you're going to see some you're going to see some guys earning their paycheck hopefully they got some good in-car cameras for this weekend because the guys will be in there working
1: it's gonna be. Um, I think it said seventy degrees on Sunday, so it'll get a little hotter, yep. a little slicker.
0: That'll be nice. It'll be perfect for uh, perfect for a race. We won that race in two thousand and four. We were third in two thousand and fifteen, second in two thousand and
1: sixteen. So you know what that means. We're
0: creeping up on it.
1: I have high expectations this weekend. Yep.
0: So I hear. Uh, so Atlanta was your first.
1: That was my first ever traveling experience with JRM.
0: Traveling experience. Yeah, when is I is that was what you th- call it? Well, yeah. Th- they, whenever <laughs> I was an intern,
1: you got to go to one race, and they're like, "You go to Atlanta." It was whenever it was a Labor Day race, yeah. and it was when you drove the number five degree car mm-hmm. and got the pole. Oh yeah, that might be your last pole
0: for Xfinity. Well, yeah. Who knows?
1: But yeah, and then we we almost won. But we were trying we, to
0: stretch the fuel, but then we lost. Pass with three laps to go. I think Harvick won that race. He did. So Atlanta, we um we run the you know the top there too we run the bottom and the top. Uh, I'm not quite sure exactly which will be more competitive with this low downforce but I'm hoping I love running the high side there running against the wall it's a lot of fun. Uh but I'm hoping that that top comes in. Yeah. Typically uh Harvick runs that real 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 super low line. Yeah. Uh, there's a so the so the stripe that the that splits the apron from the surface of the racetrack is actually painted up on the banking. Oh, so it's not... It's not on the apron. And that very small nuance pre- okay, creates a little bit of grip.
1: The so paint? It, yeah.
0: Okay. So you put your left front tire on that paint, and if you can keep it connected there, you're going to have a little more front grip, and the car is going to work a whole lot better through the corner. So... It's just going to add a bit more speed through the center of the corner. Harvick is one of the best at doing that and being competitive at Atlanta year after year after year. Obviously, uh, his track record speaks for itself, uh, so I expect him to be one of the more dominant cars.
1: We hope he's running the bottom, and we'll run the top and pass
0: it. Well, we'll see. That's the plan. Okay. Uh, You're coming up with plans. So I hope you guys tune in to Atlanta if you don't have a ticket. To come see the race before in person.
1: before we go, since we got through all our racing stuff, I, I hear a rumor. Oh, that you guys I don't know where this came from. Are y'all like putting it together while you're sitting in the bus in Daytona? But are you and your farm guys building a rat rod?
0: We've uh we're trying to come up with a new project, so I'm thinking that we need to build a rat rod. Uh are you gonna drive it? we can course oh i didn't know if it was like just to have what the frick
1: that of course you would drive it oh
0: oh like those things are dis- those things are slammed to you the ground sound disappointed
1: <laughs> those <laughs> things are slammed to the ground i'm nervous i'll have to ride in it why because they're slammed to the ground what if you hit a bump you go over
0: it easy oh my gosh man you're worried about. so what are you gonna wrong. do with it you're worried about all the wrong things tyler what are you worried about nothing oh gosh so Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. So, anyways, we're going to... Uh, me and uh, the, the last project we had was so re, uh, sort of restoring the 65 Impala that I've owned for a long time. It's actually been in my family since it was bought brand new. And we got that thing pretty much finished uh, about a year and a half ago. We haven't really had opportunity to work on too much or start any new projects, but um, me and Sonny... Brad Burrows and a couple of the farm guys are, those guys, Those are the dudes that, Sonny's the property manager out here. We got 25 rental properties. We got the farm, which is 300 acres. JRM, he's working on everything. If there's a problem, we got an air conditioner broke. If somebody's washer ain't working, somebody bust a water pipe or whatever, he's going to fix it. So uh, Brad Burrows, you've seen him in some commercials. He's part-time actor. Uh, he has a SAG card. <laughs> he has a SAG card. If you remember the Sunoco commercial where the guy's waving the checkered flag, he's kind of like a you know construction worker downtown Charlotte. That is Brad Burroughs. Uh, so Brad has been in a bunch of commercials, but anyways, he mows he mows grass out on the property, and he's just you know regular old farm hand helping old, helping Sunny out. We have a couple other guys out there putting in a lot of hours mowing and so forth. Anyways, this group. Uh, we get into building projects and building cars or working on something and I think we're gonna tackle a rat rod. So basically you try to build this thing as cheap as possible and you can get creative as creative as you want. Um, I'm leaning toward a wagon, something that's uh, maybe like the maybe like a Chevy Nomad or a station wagon or something like that. That's kind of, we're just kind of, we right now, we're just in the, you know, so brain, it, we're just brainstorming right now, trying to figure out exactly okay. what kind of car we want to build. And what, I'll tell you what got me thinking about doing this is, is I saw on Twitter where a guy had built a rat rod out of an old Porsche cab, the cab of, yeah. uh, the, the you know, so I was thinking, man, I love how just it's blank, it's blank canvas. You just start from scratch, and, and you do whatever you want. And it's just the bare minimum. You know, you've you got to have a motor that runs, good driveline, brakes. So do you want it to have, like, the whole rusted look and everything? Uh, I'm not sure exactly what we're going to end up with, whether we'll have a painted car, whether we'll, you know, maybe we'll just, you know, blast it and then put a clear coat on the steel. I'm not sure exactly where we're going to end up. We're just brainstorming right now about getting the – proper cab to just to, to start with but it's gonna be a lot of fun you know tearing down tearing things down and building them back up and creating your own you know version and getting as you know getting as creative as possible sonny's really really good at being creative making fun things with the, sh- you know with the shifter or you know different ways to do things he's pretty he's pretty good at that so he sees and he's pretty observant and goes all these he goes to all those car shows and and meet and greets and stuff uh around town at sharpmer speedway and what have you the cruise ends and all that stuff so he's seeing all kinds of stuff all the time
1: so stay tuned fans because this will most likely
0: be plastered all over twitter yeah we'll keep everybody up to speed if anybody's got any cool ideas yeah on rat rods just anything no bad ideas though Well, there is no bad idea with a rat rod. I don't believe you make it your own. Only you have to like it. Actually, uh, yeah, just tweet us at Dirty Mo Radio, hashtag DJD. Send us some pictures, some ideas on what we can do with our rat rod. Maybe we'll use them. If we do, we'll let you know.
1: All right, let's get to some Twitter questions. Sounds good. Someone asked, "Did TJ give you any indication of Kyle's wreck, or was there
0: no time?" <laughs> yeah, there wasn't any time for that. Um, I was shocked when I saw Kyle turn around. I didn't know how that happened. Uh, his car went around pretty quick, so now that you know, it makes sense that he had right rear tire flat. But uh, at first, I wasn't sure whether he was spun out or what, because we came up on these cars that I believe had. They had just exited pit road, yeah, or yeah, it was
1: a small group, like yeah, three it was cars. like three cars.
0: We just ran them down or something, and one went high and one stayed low, and so we we started to try to go through the middle. And I thought, um, you know, you can't really see through all these cars as to as to where everyone's at. So it was pretty uh, touch and go there for a few seconds. But I don't know how Kyle got a flat. I guess he ran over uh, ran over something. Yeah. Obviously, it happens. It, well. not uh, rarely somebody asked do you feel the cars need more downforce no. at daytona no 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 downforce is uh yeah we got too much downforce as, as it is these cars you know more downforce you got the easier the cars are to drive and we don't want to make the cars easy we want to make the cars hard to drive
1: what are you looking forward to most this season
0: on or off the track man i don't know um That'd be cool. That'd be easier to say if it was multiple choice. <laughs> I um, is
1: there like a particular race that
0: you're excited for? No, you know, I, I, get, I get that. I get the question all the time. What, uh, what's your favorite track? Just about every week, I, I get asked what my favorite track is. Um, I love the short track racing, so I, anytime we go to Martinsville, Bristol, I'm, I enjoy those. Uh, Daytona's fun. I'm looking forward to this weekend. Atlanta. This will be the last race on the old surface, so. Looking forward to that. California is a great track. should be interesting how the low downforce works at a lot of these different places. But there's not one that stands out. i tell you right now, I wish I could skip the road courses, but I think I say that every year. But you were a real fast synomalist. I last year. could care less. I don't like racing there. That
1: was exciting, though. I don't care. Remember that pair of scissors they gave you I, for winning, or winning I practice? Hate, <laughs> I
0: hate that it's exciting because I don't like it. I wish it was boring and people hated it, too. Um... <laughs> But it seems like it's what the fans really like watching. They like crashing. Well, they they like road courses because I think – Because the field stacks
1: up. The field I mean, stacks up,
0: and it's, it's – No, is it the crashing? The it's cars? the beating and banging, Beating I and think. banging.
1: Yeah. Not necessarily crashing. Yeah. Crashing was Daytona. Yeah. Hopefully they didn't like that. Somebody else asked, do you think the pit strategy during the seg- the stages will be different for the non plate tracks like it was at Daytona, where the Toyotas and the Fords kind of short-pitted?
0: Yeah, I think that uh, you might see a lot of that. You know, guys are guys are going to put themselves in position to try to m- maximize opportunity to get points at the end of each of these stages. They may give up some uh, – you know, they may there may be some guys that are mid-pack that see that they're not going to get that chance to grab some points in this first stage, and they may pit early. They may pit early to put themselves in a better position to get points later in the second stage. I'm not sure. It just depends. Uh, I think you're going to, ha- you know, see these crew chiefs try to get cued and uh, – you know, outsmart their competitors. Uh, it'll all sort out as uh, real quickly over the next several weeks as to what the best strategy is, and then everyone will be doing that. And it won't really, you won't see the field on so many different strategies as you did in Daytona. But I think you might still see a couple of that, a uh, couple, couple of teams trying to do some things differently and get off, uh, get off the, get off the same strategy as the rest of the field, just to see if that's an advantage later on.
1: Someone else asked. Do you have more head and neck safety features in your car? I think you talked a little bit about the headrest on Sunday.
0: Yeah, we certainly did. Um, Actually, so this is kind of how that went. This is pretty interesting uh, back and forth with NASCAR. I was thinking to myself, (laughs) I was getting a massage. uh, I think it was Valentine's Day maybe. I can't remember. But anyways, me and Amy had gotten us a a massage across town. And uh, I was laying there on this table for like an hour, and I'm thinking, man, I bet I can do a better job with my headrest or come up with something better, safer. What, uh, I was, uh, so as soon as I got up from the massage table, I texted Greg. I said, man, let's get together and talk about our headrests, make sure we're doing everything we can. I know it's like the ninth hour. We're going to be in Daytona in a couple of days, but I want to just make sure we're, we're, we're covering all our bases and make sure we're safe as we can be. So we, me and him got together, and I said, you know what would be great is to have a breakaway headrest like we used to have back in the early late 90s and early 2000s on the right side. Uh, I never had any issues, you know, with a breakaway headrest. So basically it would be a headrest that's strong enough to hold your head up in the corner while you're racing, but if you hit something, it bends out of the way. With the Hans, you're not going to, you know, your head's not going to go flying off your body. So that, in my mind, would be the best scenario for me uh going forward to try to uh reduce the potential to have a concussion again Uh, so we had a meeting with nascar the next thing we did was get a couple of guys from nascar in the room and we sat down and they brought a bunch of slides and and uh, a powerpoint about all the things that they've learned and studied and showed me all the data and and videos on the, the headrest why we where we were, why we are where we are, are now, why we do the things we do today So what I came what to take away from that meeting was uh, I had thinned out the right the left side of my headrest uh, the padding in it as much as I could to get to where I could drive the car and lean a little bit to the left um, but that creates a lot of room in between each side so my head could move back and forth quite a bit and when you're going to blow a right front tire, your first reaction is to pull your head away from the headrest, and you create a big gap, right? And then it slams against. So the when you hit the wall, you got all this. You travel. Your head travels and has a hard stop on the headrest, which might as well be a freaking roll bar. Yeah. You know, which that's going to give you a head injury. So I got. With, we we basically refilled that area on the left side. We left the right where it was cuz that's where I want to race. And we brought the left closer to my helmet. So basically the headrest is right here on both sides. I can turn my head just a little bit to look at the mirror, and that's all I need to do. I mean, the headrest is only this high so you can look over the top of it, which you don't really do a lot. You're kind of, you know, looking in the mirror than looking out the front. That's all you really do, but the headrest is really close on both sides now. Basically, in, that, in, a, in a crash, that brings the g-forces that my head's gonna see way down compared to my old headrest. The car sees, maybe in a, say, let's just throw, throw some basic numbers out there. Say the car sees 40 g's in a crash. With my old headrest, my head may see almost double that. Jeez. All right, so i bringing that down and creating no, you know, taking away that space for my head to move or bounce around in that headrest. Brings me closer to the G's that the car actually sees in a crash. Simple, simple stuff. Frustrated that I didn't already activate and know this and do this, but you can never be too mindful. And it's always great. I think it. What it taught me was it's good to go to NASCAR. Not all, you know. NASCAR does a lot as far as filling in the drivers each year on the things that they've learned with safety because they're always self-funding. Yeah, the safety aspect of the sport, but it's smart, I think, on the driver's side to go to them sometimes and say, "Here, here's what I have. Is this good? What can I, what can I do better with this?" Uh, for a driver, a lot of times maybe you put comfort in front of safety, unknowingly. So that was a that was a good little, good little meeting, and and I th- I feel a lot more confident uh, confident going forward.
1: Somebody else asked, how did you feel physically at Daytona before the wreck? Which I guess this is a good opportunity to talk about your new workout regimen (laughs) and how you were in the gym every day in
0: Daytona. Yeah. So uh, HMS has a new plan for all the drivers. We have minimum requirements to meet each week for uh, cardio and strength training. So it's been a nice kick in the butt that I needed to get back in the gym. And uh, yeah, I was in the gym in Daytona every day during speed weeks, either lifting or running on a bicycling or something. So I got something I have to do every single day, but it's great. It makes me I feel better. I feel much more uh, uh, full of energy, I guess. Not as tired all day long. Um, but I felt great in the car. I mean, uh, I've been, I was using a Apple watch and I had a uh, Garmin to, to sort of see how my heart rate was. I, I used it in the duel, and I uh, tweeted out those results so you could see what our heart rate is during a race at Daytona. I think my average was around 100 and uh, my highest was 130 beats per minute. And I also used it in practice just to kind of understand how practice might be a little calmer, which it was. It was a little, you your know, heart rate doesn't get quite as high. I might use it in practice at Atlanta. I'm sure we'll see more beats per minute than we saw at Daytona. So it's been, uh, it's been good. It's been a good kick in the butt to get us all feeling better, and I think that's a good direction for the, for the company and the team to go in hold the drivers accountable stand stay in fit.
1: Someone else asked, any advice for a father-son race team on how to be successful as a team and also deal with the family dynamics of working together on a race team?
0: Good Lord. How long do we got? We're going to need a whole hour. Um, working with your family is a real challenge, particularly when it comes to you know, competitive sport of any kind. Uh, the father can, don't be too pushy and help the son understand how to win and how to lose. Um, I think that racing is a great way to help your child learn sportsmanship, how to congratulate you know, the winner and then accept defeat, and also how to celebrate victory. And there's ways to do it with class, and I think that, you know, getting them in. uh, This is something that's helped Carson out a lot. She was kind of, she wasn't very good at losing, uh, but she certainly uh, has matured, and and I think racing was a big part of that. So for the kid, I think it's great to, it's a great way to help them develop uh, social skills, interacting with their competitors and, and uh, the people that are going to help them. You're going to have some people that are volunteers that will go with you to the racetrack. It's a great way for them to develop those working relationships on how to get people to work with you and want to help you. So uh, there's a lot of great uh, growth there, uh, opportunities for the kid. But the dad, don't be pushy. Just kind of sit back, encourage. Um, You ain't a race car driver, so don't tell them how to drive. If you want them to get some driver input or want to tell them you know some things that you think that they need improvement on or help with get another driver to talk to them.
1: once you're done racing cup would you ever consider doing like a kenny wallace or kenny schrader dirt racing or, just, or just racing like all the
0: time i think once i retire from cup it, i used to say or i said just recently i think that i was going to take a reverse course out of the sport like go back to xfinity racing go through the trucks and then go into the late models i'm not real sure i probably will have a hard time not running a late model race every now and then if we still have you know if we're still fortunate enough still have our late model teams around but probably won't be racing on dirt anytime any in, the, in the rest of my life
1: somebody said do you have any idea yet for a throwback car at darlington
0: yes we do we had the throwback car for darlington finished and it's awesome it is freaking awesome. You'll see it soon. Yes, I just wish you know. My hands are tied. I, you know, HMS and and our partners—they won't let me release that stuff. And just release who came up, or who pitched
1: the idea to you. Release that part.
0: I think I came up with that idea. No,
1: you did not. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Pretty sure I did.
1: Unbelievable.
0: I don't know. Hmm. You think you're the first person that came up with that?
1: <laughs> I was the first person to come up with it in the meeting that we had. Roger Thatcher asks, "What do you think about the Redskins for this upcoming season?"
0: I'm worried that they're not going to sign Cousins, or they're going to franchise him and trade him to San Francisco. I'm super freaking worried. Who's their backup quarterback right now? Oh my, it's that boy from Texas. Who played. Oh, Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy, yeah.
1: Oh, I'd be nervous too. Uh,
0: I, you know, I like Colt, and he's done a good job when he's been in there. But, God, yeah, you can't—you know—that that's not going. I'm sorry, Colt, but that's not going to be exciting for the fans to go into the season as, with him as a starter. And even if he does does an amazing job, the the the, the chips are stacked against him as far as fan support. Yeah, I just don't know whether getting, you know, releasing Kurt is a good plan. Even though he's a fourth-round pick, and they may get a first in return compensation uh, in, a, in a trade, but yeah, it's a great deal on the, on on the paper. But you know, he broke the franchise record in 2015, then broke his own record in 2016. I mean, come on, give the guy the money. Let's go play ball. Looking ahead, we're going to uh, Wednesday, Nationwide Appearance at Ball Harbor. Ball. 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 I like it. Ball Harbor, Florida, near Miami. Thursday, we'll be uh, in Texas, San Antonio to be precise, for the Commodity Classic for Brent. Yep. We're going out there with Justin Algares. All right. So meet some of the Who's going to be at
1: the Nationwide Appearance? Anybody? Um, it's some sort of
0: um – Sales conference type deal. So just me? Yeah, just you. You're the star of the show. No Peyton Manning? Nope. All right, for Brant, me and Justin will be out there Thursday. Friday, we're flying to Atlanta, practice and qualifying. Qualifying, what time is that? I think it's 5.45. That's not too bad. It might be a little chilly. Yeah, probably so. Saturday, one practice in the morning. Then we have the Xfinity race at 2 p.m. on Fox Sports 1 Sunday. The race starts at 2.30 A late start. I think you're going to see a lot of late starts this year. Boo. Boo. Late starts mean late getting home. No crap. All right, so that's on Fox, though, not Fox Sports 1, just good old regular Fox. Normal Fox. All 4-HMS drivers are wearing special shoes this weekend to support Chase Elliott's foundation. They are red, white, and green, and blue. They'll be auctioned off after the race to benefit Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. Yeah, so they're pretty schnazzy. I saw a picture of them. Have I'm you? On. Okay, yeah. looking forward to it. They're designed by Bronco Reese. He's a 10-year-old from Woodstock, Georgia. Is Bronco going to be there? Bronco will be there. All right, Bronco well, You're going to meet him on Sunday morning. I'm looking forward to it. Hope everybody enjoyed the show. Be sure to subscribe to the show through DaleJr.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and all the major podcasting outlets.
1: Thank you to our friends at Exalta for <laughs> making that happen for us. Always broadcasting from the Exalta studio here at Junior Motorsports. Let us know your feedback on Twitter. It's at Dale Jr., at OverstreetTyler, and at Dirty Mo Radio. Also, check out Dirty Mo Radio's Facebook page. Let us know what we can do better. Let us know what you think is awesome.
0: Let and us we'll know s- what sucks. See you next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio.
1: Hey, Junior Nation. Now more than ever, exclusive, entertaining, and free content from the world of Dale Earnhardt Jr. is no further away than your fingertips. It's all thanks to Dale Jr.'s Dirty Mo' Radio presented by Exalta. All eight Dirty Mo' Radio podcasts are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and of course, DaleJr.com. So whether you're at home, at work, in the gym, on the run, or just hanging out, Dirty Mo Radio gives Junior Nation its newest and most versatile way yet to plug directly into the world of Earnhardt anytime, anywhere.